Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast brought to you by the MoPros. I'm Michael Hartman, joined today by co-host Mike Rizzo. And what year it is, is it, Mike? year of the MoPro. There we go. I didn't steal it <laughs> from okay. you this time. It's all good. All right. So today, this is I, I'm actually really excited about this. We're going to be talking about uh, revenue ops. And I guess maybe we, well, we'll ask our guests about this, but if it applies to marketing ops too. But uh, definitely revenue ops certifications and more. And our guest is Kyle Jepson, who is a senior inbound sales specialist at HubSpot, where he produces educational content for the HubSpot Academy. Kyle's been with HubSpot over the last uh, about almost seven years, it looks like, in education and support. In addition, he has a master's degree in applied linguistics from Boston University. Prior to that, he held roles in customer support, account management, and inside sales. So Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. We're, we're good. So can't wait to talk more about the certification program with HubSpot. But like, first of all, I, when I was kind of getting ready for this and seeing your background in linguistics, uh, just curious, like, how did you combine linguistics with marketing and sales technology? <laughs> I'm honestly not convinced <laughs> I did. <laughs> Uh, one of those people that uh, you ask me about my degree and say, what are you doing with it? And it feels like nothing. I, I won't say it's irrelevant uh, since, uh, you know, I do video-based training. Um, and so I, I script it out. And I read it off a teleprompter. And I, I think a lot about the words I'm using and stuff. My training as a linguist has taught me that everything is in some sense ambiguous. Uh, there, there's no such thing as a sentence that somebody somewhere can find a way to misunderstand it, right? And so um, I'm always I'm always pushing to try to make it as clear and as simple as possible. And I go I go round and round with my my content editors about what is and is not good or bad grammar because linguists are pretty liberal on that point. If I talk and you understand me, if you get my point, my grammar was perfect. Uh, they don't always feel that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, that point about but, everything being uh, ambiguous is so insightful. I love it. No, that. it really is. <laughs> uh, particularly these days, uh, you know, I think just with what's yeah. going on in the world in general around social media and, and whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, it doesn't matter, right? You're still someone somewhere, to your point, is going to misinterpret what you wrote or said or even in my own email. Yeah. Well, I think we've <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've all discovered over email or Slack or whatever. Mm -hmm. Tone is hard when you're writing, right? Like you you say something and people take it the totally wrong way. I'm really glad that that I'm not just like writing blog posts, right? I, I write things, but most people don't read my words. The transcripts are out there if people want them. But most times I get to deliver them and I can I can emphasize the word I want to emphasize and I can do hand yeah. gestures and hopefully that helps. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he just did hand gesture for the <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. <laughs> I wave my hands. Yeah. All right. So like I, this just popped in my head. My friend my friends who are uh truly like writers, you know, Oxford comma or not. Oh, I'm Oxford Commons. Yeah, I am right. too. I'm with you on that. I, I feel I have a feeling that some of our listeners are like, all right, now I'm not gonna listen to this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we just lost some folks. We, we may right. we uh, may we have, probably equally yeah, picked up just right. as many because they're gonna be like, here, to all my Oxford comma <laughs> friends, here's this show you can listen to. I'm over it now. 
<laughs> anyway, we got the, we've got these grammar yeah. geeks, right? Grammar Nazis are, are coming at us at this point, yeah. right? So, no, I think that's great. Um, gosh, and there's like I might have to I might have to find this for for the show notes or for some random stuff. But there's a there's actually a song that, and I'm trying to remember the band name now. I'll think of it later. But it's called Oxford Comma, and it's oh man, yeah, it's oh, actually I might have quite to good. Actively Google yeah. while we continue the show. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Um, all right, so that that's like that's fascinating to me. That like I'm always fascinated at how how many people are in this space. Where if you looked at their background on paper, like how in the world did they end up there? So this is always interesting to me. And like you, like my degree is in engineering, and in particular, like an industrial engineering kind of world. And <laughs> like how I ended up in got in marketing, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. So, so going back to like why we had you like originally wanted to have you on the, on the, on this, uh, episode was that you had been posting a lot of great content on LinkedIn. I think if, if people aren't following you, I would encourage them to do it. I think, um, it's always good stuff. But one of the things you were talking about was a revenue operations certification program that you've been involved with at HubSpot. So let's just like, let's start there. Like, how did the idea, of a certification program, and I think in particular about revenue operations as opposed to, say, marketing operations specifically, how did that come about and how did it get started and kind of walk us through that process? Yeah. Um, so my my job at HubSpot Academy is, I mean, my, my primary job is to teach people how to use HubSpot's sales tools, our CRM and, and related tools. Uh, by extension, because we, we target mostly small and mid-sized businesses, I teach some general sales best practices. Um, and the longer I've been here doing that, the more sales-related things I've found to teach. I've created a certification program on sales enablement and sales management. And as I was researching those uh, topics, uh, I, I do a lot of interviews when I'm creating courses. And um, I, I started bumping up against people who were in sales ops. Um, and I started realizing there was this whole additional layer um, that was really critical to sales success uh, that wasn't that fell between the cracks. If you're just talking about sales management and sales enablement or like what frontline sellers do, there's this whole background shadow realm of operations. Um, and so I, I started investing in that. I thought of sales ops. Yeah, I, I could I could do that. Um, but when I started talking to people who were in sales operations, I started hearing this term revenue operations. And I started hearing about the frustrations of uh, being in operations in a, and being so limited and like, I'm sure in marketing ops, it's the same way, right? Like you, you have all these insights, you have all this data, but if you're just rolling up to the head of marketing, or if you're just rolling up to the head of sales, uh, you, your reach and the things you can implement and change is pretty limited. And there's this idea of revenue operations being across the full customer journey, right? Marketing and sales and, and customer support and success, all those frontline operations, right, uh, pulled together into a single space. And that that was really interesting to me. Um, and not not 100% of the sales ops people I talked to were on board with this. Um, I think because if you're in sales ops, you're connected to the sales team. And if you look at marketing, sales, and, and customer support, the team that's always the best funded is sales, <laughs> right? And so they're the ones who have the resources and stuff. And they're like, no, nah, we don't really need marketing ops. We don't really, but like some of them were like, no, I, I really think this is the future. Um, and, uh, and so I was trying to figure out what to do with that. And then HubSpot decided we're going to start making uh, tools for operations people. We're going to start really thinking about how to support people in this role. 
Um, and so I teamed up with, with some of the people who are investigating that internally and, and for HubSpot, because we're all about, we call it the flywheel, this really interconnected, smooth journey across uh, marketing, sales, and, and customer service. Revenue operations just made a ton of sense. Um, looking at any one piece of it seemed um, insufficient and, and not quite uh, in line with our, our philosophies. And so um, HubSpot as a whole has really, we, we reorganized our entire operations team to, to make a head of revenue operations and bring all those teams together. Um, and, and we started investigating how we wanted to teach people to do this using our tools. And, and so I, I kind of got to ride that wave. Um, and uh, what came out of it after like a year and a half of work was the revenue operations certification course that we just launched a, a few weeks ago. That's so incredible. I, and, you know, I, you and I have talked a number of times, Kyle, about certification in general. Yeah. And um, I think it makes perfect sense, right? When you look at the stack that HubSpot's put together from sales to marketing to client success and support, um, revenue operations categorically, as you've already touched on, certainly fits the sort of umbrella for all of those things. And I think it makes a ton of sense for HubSpot to focus on this. And I love that your you and your team are all bringing more education to light around sort of the the said topic. Um, and, and, you know, to just to sort of like, because I'm a HubSpot fan guy, <laughs> just to sort of put it out into the world. Like I heard you say earlier, you know, you're, you're often building content for that small to medium size uh, business. But the reality is that like HubSpot's moving up market super fast. And you, for sure, I think yeah. if I remember correctly from conversations that I've had with a number of people internally at HubSpot, you all drink your own champagne. You use your full stack internally pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are we are now a, a seven thousand person company, and we we use HubSpot as our our CRM and our marketing automation, and uh, yeah. yeah, we are <laughs> we feel the pain of it sometimes. But since we've done that, we made that change. I would say I don't know two thousand yeah, nineteen. Well that has really accelerated a lot of enterprise features it, that are now available to our customers because we ourselves yeah. so badly needed them. Um, and that has helped our our platform yeah, mature yeah. a lot. I think, and and, and that's, that's just. I think that is super super interesting when you talk about you know building a head of revenue operations inside of an enterprise like that that can utilize your stack and um, you know and then help continue to push that education. I think we we should probably just do another like call with some of some more of your RevOps teams <laughs> ever just to learn about how does RevOps work at an enterprise, yeah. right? But, Maybe you can share a little bit about like the structure of what came of that sort of org change and maybe what does the team look like right now for from a RevOps perspective? Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here and I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might have guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelevents. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. 
Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely not the right person to talk about that in depth, but uh, Allison Elworthy, who is a longtime HubSpotter um, and and has done a, made a lot of really important decisions over the years that uh, have helped HubSpot become the company it is, uh, she got put in as our our head of revenue operations. Um, and uh, and HubSpot always, I mean, we're we're a sort of unusual company um, org chart wise, just because of our history. We started out as as kind of a blog about marketing best mm-hmm. practices. Yeah. <laughs> and we started building tools to help with that, right? And so like, proportionately, our marketing team is enormous, right? We have hundreds of people on our marketing team, which for a, an organization our size mm. is not normal. Um, and then also uh, from the beginning, we've all always been about like systematizing and optimati- uh, optimizing. And like, if you're a small business, like the way you can compete with bigger businesses is having the right technology and the right strategies. And so like, we have always over-indexed on, on operations, people, and, and resources. And so we had an enormous sales operations team, and we had a dedicated marketing operations oh, team. Wow. We, had, we had operations kind of all over the place. Um, and so this, this org change, which I think, I think we implemented, I want to say beginning 2020. Okay, yeah, so um, relatively recent. We, yeah, we, we shuffled all those people around, and we brought them into a, a single organization. And that... That was tough. It was a, a big, like we were, we were really taking a leap of faith here that this was, was going to be worthwhile. Um, and I would say now, two years later, uh, I, the dust is settled. Yeah. We, 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 everything's, but the transition was tough. Um, and, and if you could get Allison or someone on that team on here, I'm sure they could tell you more viscerally yeah, yeah. what it was like to go through that. Um, that would be a frustrating I, story, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but actually, partially because of that, um, in the in the revenue op- revenue operations certification course, um, we talk about org charts, and we really emphasize like that is not the first step, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, don't don't think step number one is is changing people around in your company or or changing people's titles or like get get the data, uh, come up with a strategy, start proving things out. And then once you get that to a certain point and you're ready to really invest in, in accelerating it, then you can talk about mm. all that stuff. But um, I, for any organization, just the effort and pain required to, to move people around and change your org chart, uh, you've, you've got to, like for there to be any return on that investment, <laughs> you've got to already know exactly what the plan is. Right, and yeah, like what's the, what's the... Um the goal, right? Or like the metrics by which you'll live by for that new organizational team. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of understanding the why yeah. behind it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I, I want, can we dive a I want to, I was, there's something that you said about how, how this evolved at the certification program and where you said you started talking to primarily sales ops people and you got sort of a mixed response about the idea of revenue operations, which doesn't surprise me. All that much? (laughs) Um, Well, for a variety of reasons. Like, I'm not trying to bag on sales ops people. I think one of the things we've talked about on on the the podcast on a regular basis is the differences in challenges and how you measure effectiveness of sales versus marketing. I think sales is 
generally speaking, right, they've got the benefit of things either being a win or a loss, right? It's almost binary. And so sales ops naturally is built around supporting, understanding where that, where that's working, where it's not working and, and, um, yeah, supporting that kind of stuff. Whereas marketing, I think, is a li- has been a tougher thing, and it's why I believe why things like marketing attribution came around and stuff like that, trying to quantify that in a different way. Yeah. So anyway, so with that as as background, I'm just curious. Once you started going down that path, started talking to sales ops people. I don't. If you said it, I missed it. Did you start also talking to then other marketing like marketing ops people and customer success ops? Yeah. And so did you get a different reaction or a different sort of feel for? the idea and the concept of revenue operations at that point. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, just, I, I haven't done this recently, but just a simple search on LinkedIn by job title. There are a lot more sales ops people <laughs> out there than other kinds of ops people. Right. But I was able, because, because just the nature of, of the network I run in because I'm at HubSpot, I was able to find quite a few marketing ops people um, and started talking with them and understanding their job. It's funny Early on, when I very first had this idea of like, what if I investigate operations? I was having a conversation with a, a pretty prominent HubSpot partner. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm thinking about sales operations. I'm, I'm curious about other kinds of operations too, like marketing operations and customer success. And he was like, marketing operations, that's not real. Oh, <laughs> what? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and so it just like, and that's that. It's really interesting as I've I've gone through this process of talking to people in different kinds of roles, how they conceptualize the operations space. Um, and uh, I as as I developed, when, even when I was first just thinking, oh, I'm just going to do sales operations. I started to get this this vision of of who it was exactly I wanted to talk to, and this this I maintained throughout the the entire journey. Uh, which I mean, the the course is called Revenue Operations, and theoretically, I'm targeting people in revenue operations, but whether you're in marketing ops or sales ops or success ops or some other kind of ops, what I've discovered is at, at small and mid-sized businesses, particularly, if there is a person in one of those roles, a sales ops role or marketing ops roles or marketing ops role or whatever, um, often, I mean, kind of like you were saying, you don't know how you got into marketing. <laughs> there, uh, The story I kept hearing over and over, I asked people, how'd you get into ops? And they'd be like, well, there was on the sales floor or there was running a marketing campaign. And I realized I didn't have the data to do the job I needed. And so I pulled some reports and I talked to the executives and I said, hey, look, if we change these things, uh, it'd be better. And they're like, wow, you're really good at making charts and stuff. Let's make that your job. <laughs> um, and then it was their job, right? But now they're in the job and they have zero funding and they have really no executive investment. And every time they go talk to the executives and say, hey, like I did that thing you told me, you hired me to do, which is to build charts. And the charts suggest we should do this thing. Can we do that thing? The executives are always like, no, there's no budget. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's just like, why did you put me in this job? <laughs> right? You're not going to listen to what I'm going to say. Um, and so that's who I built this course for, right? Like you person who, who feel like you're the only one who sees that the emperor has no clothes <laughs> on, right? Like you you have this idea, you, you you're see, but you can't figure out how to th- get things to move forward. Or or maybe you just have some sense that something's wrong and you see the charts are trending in the wrong direction, but you can't figure out why. Like, let me let me research this and build you a course that'll give you the tools you need to start getting executive buy-in, to start defining effective strategies, to start moving things forward in the way you're hoping to, um, which, which is a really interesting space to play in. I'm not really, the course, I mean, 
if somebody's not in operations and they're trying to decide if they would like a job in operations, it's a free course. Go ahead and take it. <laughs> um, I don't know if it'll help you get hired anywhere because uh, it's brand new. But like, if you want to know what the world is like, great. Or if you're like a really accomplished professional, you're a revenue operations leader at a well, and you have a well-funded team at a growing company, like, I think you'll find some very interesting mm. insights in the course. And I hope it, it, it answers some questions for you. But the person I really want to help is just that person who's like, we need operations. <laughs> Here I am. Like, have you seen the data? I'm trying to tell you. Uh, and why aren't you listening? Uh, like, what else can I do? Um, and I'm hoping it'll give that person the structure and the techniques and and the the persuasive uh, insights to uh, to really get things I, moving. I love so, that. Uh, so, yeah, I do too. But I, I so that I wanted to get into like who is this targeted at? And I think you answered that pretty directly there. I'm curious, though, I guess two two questions beg from that. One is, do you anticipate that there might be a version of this that would be more applicable to, say, someone who's maybe in marketing ops or in sales ops and wants to wants to move to that broader coverage of, of, of revenue ops? The second second one is, um, if I'm understanding what you're, what you're saying, and I haven't gone through the course, and so I don't know the details of it. It, it sounds like based on what you just, you know, you scream from that mountaintop there, literally, <laughs> um, that it, it provided, I think the idea, it sounds like what you were trying to do is provide a framework for somebody to help, you know, educate and, and support and pitch the idea internally with their senior leadership on why they should be investing in revenue ops. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and just in general, like I, I, I think that person that I described who just like got into this job because they really like the data and the charts, like that is not necessarily a person who has like a, an analytics kind of background and can, can draw the right conclusions by looking at the charts. Right. Like, and so I just wanted to give them a more formal tool set of, of kind of a broad set of skills. Uh, some of that is, is data analysis. Some of it is, is some kind of just basic, business understanding of, of, of revenue and stuff. And, and, and a big piece of it turned out to be, and I, I know you're excited to talk about this a little later. <laughs> it, it, it's the financials, right? The accounting stuff, um, which I didn't really expect coming into this. Uh, and, and we can talk about that more in a minute. But I, what I learned is like, if you're going to do any kind of operations, really, there's kind of a, a really broad set of skills you need. Um, it's not just that you're really good uh, analysts, right? Or it's not that you know how to do marketing or do sales or do customer success. It's that you you can kind of start to marry all these things together and then use that to build a business case for driving mm-hmm. revenue, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, you can tie it back to that, which is what the executives are actually going to care about. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's a skill set anyone can just get organically, accidentally. I think some people have a really strong background in one of those things, and then the rest of it, they just kind of have to learn on the fly. And so I wanted to help fill in some of those I, I love that that's yeah, the I th- focus. I just want to like, for those that hear this episode before summer camp happens this summer, like <laughs> co- coincidentally, like we have uh, Jess Cow, who's a, a very wonderful thought leader in the Marketo space. Um, she's yeah, super smart. very, very talented. Uh, she's actually going to come lead a workshop. And it, it does a lot of this too, Kyle, like where... She's um, going to help us understand how to think more like a scientist and and do sort of that yeah. hypothesis sort of line of thinking so that you can go and like, 
you know, hey, I think this is what happening. This is what's happening, and, and you know, here's how uh, I pulled all this stuff together to go, you know, prove out my theory and, and all of that stuff. And then at the end of that, at summer camp, we're going to run a game where it's like, um, I think we're sort of referring to it as like um, how to take like marketing ops geek speak and make it C suite speak. Um, and so, like, yeah, you can communicate so back to the thing. So, I think it, it all falls very much in line with. Uh, I think you identified the right audience. I think you identified the right purpose because um, <laughs> from what I can tell from our audience and from our community, that's a big sticking point is like translating sort of the hypothesis to, to executive, you know, buy-in, right? Like getting somebody to adopt it. So Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll say on that while we're on this topic of translating different languages, I think um, revenue operations is not in any way the end of marketing ops, sales ops, customer success ops. Like, I think, I think if you, if I imagine like, I, I talk mostly about sales because that's, that's the discipline I know. But if you imagine like a really good sales ops person, they're going to be there on the sales floor, even if now the sales floor is a remote space. Like they're going to understand the process the sales rep is doing every time, right? They're going to know where those endless loading screens are. They're going to know how many different times the same information has to be entered into different systems. They're going to see that, right? And they're going to understand Sales. They might have a background in sales. They're going to understand the goals and the frustrations. Um, and and then when you think about the executives, they're all thinking about cash flow and revenue and margins. <laughs> and those two worlds are so far removed. And so where mm-hmm. I see a, a really good revenue operations person, and especially like a leader of a team standing, is is maybe you still have that marketing ops person who is deep into marketing thing and understands the campaigns and the strategies and, and the tools and you have the same thing for sales and you have the same thing on the customer side. Uh, but then that all rolls up to this revenue operations person who understands operations and, and they and the, the sales ops, marketing ops, success ops people speak in the, wor- in the language of operations and, and, under- and systems and all this. But then that person can turn around and take, talk to the executives and, and, and turn it all into financials and turn it into to these high level executive business. Uh, and it's all the same conversation, right? It's all trying to accomplish the same things. It's just a matter of using the words the people you're talking to understand and and tying it to the metrics they care about. Well, I think I think you know this this point about building a case. I think a lot of a lot of us have gone through you know scenario where we like intuitive we intuitively we see either some data or we see a process or we see a technical thing and we go that's broken or it could be better this way. And it's sort of an intuitive thing, but if it requires, you know, money to be spent or resources (laughs) to be allocated, we get, we get, we get frustrated when we pitch the case and they don't like, we can't articulate that. And so it gets, doesn't happen. Right. Or we get lots of questions back. And I think that's like, that's the challenge you're getting at and just taking it down a level. Like I've got uh, on my team, relatively new marketing ops person. One of the things I'm trying to do is to make sure that no, no issues with, with like executing within our platform or doing things or supporting campaigns. What I'm trying to help is to help teach that person how to understand the why and the context behind why we're doing things. And in particular, as it, the, the role is expanding to get more involved with lead flow and things like that. They need to understand how the sales team works, how they operate. And I think that's a big piece of what I think we've, in general, right, there's not been a, a huge, on the marketing upside, a lot, I think, of consistent 
emphasis put on understanding mm-hmm. that across okay you know, across the business yeah i would definitely yeah. agree with that I, there was a an example that i <clears throat> i try to go back to uh it was the ceo of stack moxie and i and i think her head of sales we were all at a conference together and um they were sort of picking my brain about this idea of marketing ops versus RevOps. and long story short they they sort of like I'm probably going to butcher the example, but like the idea was that like, hey, this like high value government lead comes in, right? Like this, this like very specific government type of domain, um, but it like, it doesn't go anywhere. And and then they sort of just like wanted to see what my reaction was to that. And I was like, I, like, so we'll fix the the problem. And they're like, yeah, you're not RevOps. Like you, you need to understand that like there is a one person in the company that needs every single one of those domains to be directly routed to them. It skips the entire process. It goes straight <laughs> to the per- and, yeah. and that's the thing is like to sort of echo what you're saying, right. Michael, like a lot of the times in marketing ops, we don't realize that there is someone somewhere in the sales org that is solely responsible for those high value records. <laughs> and it needs to skip the whole process yeah. and go there as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so lots of learning to be done. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think it's really um like it's really insightful, but it, it, Kyle kind of Kyle kind of alluded to um one of my sort of pet things that I like to talk <laughs> yeah. about is the the lack of um I'll, I'll call it finance and account like finance and accounting. And then I think the one that's growing is related, which is uh that and you you kind of talked about with what Jessica's going to talk about, Mike, which is how to think like a like a data scientist mm-hmm. or an analyst? Right? I think understanding how to do analytics. Yeah, I think those are really really important skills that that again haven't been I think an area of focus, but I think are becoming. Well, I actually think the data and analyst stuff is is really becoming more important faster because there's so much data that we don't get to really leverage. But I think as you get to a role where you're trying to pitch ideas, the finance part does. So Kyle, like, like, like that was one of the things that really triggered me to reach out to you to have you on as a guest. But so talk us through like, how did that come about that you, you know, I know the finance piece became a part of the certification program, but how, like kind of, I think it would be good for our, our audience to hear about how that came about and why you thought like why you invested so much time and di- building your understanding so it could be incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the format of the the online course for the revenue operations certification is that um, I I did interviews with a couple dozen people in various operations roles, um, and then each lesson or module or module or whatever you want to call it that you go through is is kind of clips from those interviews, and then me as your teacher or Mary Barba, another professor here at HubSpot Academy, kind of synthesizing the ideas for you and, and making them more actionable and pointing out patterns, right? This person over here, this person over here, different industries, different spaces, they do it the same way and got the same results. So like, hey, maybe we should generalize this as a rule. Um, one of the people I recorded an interview with uh, is a woman named Alicia Butler-Pierre. Uh, she has a podcast, she's written a book, she, she consults with a, a lot of kind of operations kind of things. Um, I was really excited to, to get to sit down with her. And as I was coordinating the interview with her and we were trying to figure out what we should talk about, um, I'd read uh, some of her book. I'd listened to a little of her podcast and I realized like um, there's the, the, the kind of this problem I had encountered that I've already described, uh, which is that there are people who are in an operations seat, right? That is their title. That is their job. And yet 
they can't get the executives to listen to them for anything. And all of their ideas are just ignored. How do we empower that person? Like what, what can they do to change that situation? Um, and she had a lot of really good insights and expertise on that. So she and I sat down for this interview um, and she came well prepared uh, she had uh, like four points. Here are four things that every operations person really needs to invest in. Um, and one of those was understanding what she called the language of business, which is accounting. Um, and uh, and she said, you know, uh, nobody, nobody in operations just knows this and nobody can figure it out for free. Like you, you got to invest the time, right? And it's the 21st century. So get online, go to edX, go to whatever, uh, take some courses, learn the basics. You don't have to make yourself an accountant. You just uh, need to be able to understand that language and speak in it and make your points in in that way, because that's what executives are discussing when they're getting together and deciding what's important for the business. Um, it was a great interview. Um, and I, I, I was going through the transcripts after it was over and I was, she had spoken in depth and was really eloquent. And, and, and my original thought was like, I won't be in this lesson at all. I'll just, I'll just publish her. But the more I thought about it, I was like, People can't come to HubSpot Academy and take a free course that tells them go to edX and take some free courses, <laughs> right? Like that, that is not helpful because like the one thing I know about operations people is their most crucial and constrained resources mm-hmm. time. All of them have no time for even like their duties of their job, let alone going out for self-improvement, right? And so I, I realized where I can add value here is I can go take those courses and then come back and give a summary, right? Because the goal is not for you as an operations person to be able to land an accounting job. Most people in operations probably <laughs> wouldn't want that, right? But like to be able to understand those core crucial parts, the, the things that your your executives are going to understand and actually care about uh, is vital. And so I, I went on edX. I took a, a couple of accounting courses. Uh, one, the professor was really animated and you could tell he just loved accounting. And I was like, I, 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 and some were very boring and hard to follow. Right. But I started again, like noticing patterns. Okay. Here, like, okay. Everybody talks about cash flow statements. Everybody talks about balance sheets, you know, and there are just these three or four really crucial things that if you can understand these accounting tools, if you at least know what they mean and know where your job as an operations person fits in. And if you can, if you can pitch your ideas in a way that, as opposed to sounding like an expense, they sound like they're going to improve revenue. Um, that's going to be huge for you, right? And so um, it was hard. <laughs> I I'd never taken an accounting course in my life, um, and I, I like I took the courses. I like, yeah, I understand this. Yeah, I but then when I sat down to to write a lesson that I was going to read off a teleprompter, I was like, hold on, I better go back and review that because like I can't quite connect the dots here. And I it was it was kind of this cool moment where. I got to bring this learner's mindset, right? Like I said, I've never taken an accounting course before. And so I knew exactly all the stuff that I was like, hold on, what did you just say? Like, that doesn't make any sense. There are so many pieces that were like completely unintuitive to me. I would, they would like tell me the equations and they would like subtract a thing that I was pretty sure you were supposed to add. And just like, I had to, it took a long time. Um, and then I sent it to my my content editors and the, the, the one who was working on it, her name's Tina. She came back and she's just like, I, I don't know what you're saying here, right? And so, like, so that funny. was helpful again. Was this right? important? And so we went around, yeah, kind of these, these uh, she and I, both new to this world of accounting, uh, trying to figure it out together, trying to make it a way that sh- two, two novices could understand each other, but was still accurate. Um, and once we had that, then I was like, okay, this, I think, is going to be maybe the most valuable piece mm-hmm. of this course, because that was a lot of time and work for me. And thankfully, like, it's my job to do this kind of stuff. For sure. an operations person, it's never their job, 
right? To invest however many hours I invested in taking those courses and actually being able to internalize and understand them well enough to explain them to someone else. And so um, it's it's very much uh, like, like, you know, a crash course. It, it's very high level. It's accounting in like 30 minutes. Um, but I'm pretty sure any operations person will take the time to to really understand it and dig in will be so much better able to talk to their executives and not just uh, present their own ideas, but to understand the feedback that they're given, right? When, when the accounting person or the CEO or the CFO or whoever raises a concern and is like, well, what about cost of goods sold or whatever? Um, they'll mm-hmm. actually know what that means. And they'll be able to, oh, actually, actually, we can implement this change without increasing, yeah. you know, um, and uh, and that's that's going to be huge for anyone. Well, and I would I would posit that just being able to hold a conversation about it, whether or not you actually are able to build an even better, uh, I'll call it ROI model for something, right? Is yeah. that is probably a, a side benefit, but having be able to have the conversation, you make a really good point. Like be able to to understand the feedback you're getting and why why it's coming back that way is huge in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I have never tried to pitch anything to an executive team before, but now that I understand like <laughs> how hard it was for me to 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 learn this, even the very most basics of accounting, I can totally imagine. The, an enormous communication barrier, right? You, you're you're a little uh, overwhelmed and, and intimidated anyway by talking to the executives, the C-suite there, and then uh, they start using these terms and asking you questions that you don't even understand what they're getting at. And it's just like, the whole that sounds awful. <laughs> right? and so if I can help anyone avoid that situation and go in there confidently and say things clearly, and as questions come in, be able to understand and respond to them, uh, competently, that's, that's, I so appreciate that you called all this stuff out. Like I, I sort of, I, I definitely not, I sort of, I definitely take for granted that I, I went to a business school, went through all of those courses, by the way, really struggled with accounting, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but got through it. And, and it did give me that baseline. And I take that for granted now that I actually understand some of the fundamentals. I'm not, I probably couldn't hold my own in a real conversation about accounting, but you know, I understand fundamentally some of that stuff. Um, and I totally, it just, that's the kind of thing that I just missed, uh, where, oh, I realized that that is a value add. And, and, you know, Michael talks about it all the time, how there's an importance to having this understanding. And I, I just, you know, we, we talk to these guests all the time about how they fell into marketing ops and they come from every single <laughs> or ops in general, right? They come from all kinds of backgrounds and you're right. Yeah. They're not necessarily going to understand the fundamentals of accounting and all of that stuff. Yeah. It's important. And- and I love the way you framed it, like just understanding the fundamentals mm-hmm. is sufficient for an operations person, right? Like never at any point should your executives be like, oh, yeah. And can you make balance right. for us? Right? Or like, you want to uh, uh, ca- uh, calculate our, our, you know, our cash flow or something? Like, no, <laughs> don't do that. But if you can take those forms, if you can get that data and circle line 17 and say, this is the number yeah. I'm going to move, um, then you're in right now. They understand exactly what you want to do, what your goal is, what it means for the company, what impact it'll drive. Um, and if you, if you can really say like, I'm pretty sure if we change these systems pieces and these processes over here, you will see this number move, uh, without investing any additional dollars, just let me do it. Um, now, now you're having a winning conversation. Totally agree with that. I love it. 
I have. Well, sorry. I just uh, wanted to throw out like, I also think it's, you know, sympathy goes out to all of our listeners who are in this marketing ops, sales ops, rev ops, CS ops kind of function. Like, that's just one component of the fundamentals that you need to understand, right? right. Like, I take for <laughs> granted that I got a little bit of that education in my collegiate years. And then I went in and I was like, oh, like, what is this developer world all about? And I try, I, I went in and tried yeah. to learn code and stuff, right? And so I could have a real conversation with our developers around, hey, I need to implement a new landing page or whatever, right? Uh, so I just had a fundamental yeah. understanding of how to speak to them uh, and know that my request isn't going to take, you know, 12 weeks, it's reasonable to expect two or, or what have you. That's just vice versa, vice versa, the other way around. Right? <laughs> Most often it's the other way around. Um, yeah. I guess it'll be easy, no. Right? No. And so again, you know, just sympathy out there, like you just getting a baseline understanding of this stuff will help your trajectory in the career of operations, like no holds bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Kyle said that the same thing I would write, like some of this stuff is just, it's, totally transferable regardless yeah. of what business you're in, whatever, like, yeah. Right. So I think that's, that's the other thing, right? Some of these skills are really, really valuable to have regardless of what you're doing or where we, you know, what kind of company you work at. So, uh, the, the certification program, um, couple of questions for you. Um, one, I know you talked about sort of a profile of the type of person. Do you think there's a profile of, uh, what the type of company somebody's at? Like, stage or whatever that that would be most probably get the most benefit out of the course and then the second if someone was interested uh in pursuing the course what would um what should they expect in terms of the amount of time and 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 uh it sounds like it's free so like cost yeah but, but time and and energy that would have to go into to getting the most out of it yeah for sure so <laughs> as far as um like a company profile that would benefit from it most. Um, I really think that uh, if if you're a, if you're a super super early stage startup and you're still trying to figure out product market fit, you're not really ready for an investment in operations quite yet. You've got to get that product market fit r- right first. Like if you went through this RevOps certification program and got all these best practices and and put them in place to accelerate the processes you currently have in place you might accelerate yourself in the wrong direction, right? <laughs> you, you've got, there, there's some hard years you've got to go through just getting that first piece, right? So I would say not, not on that extreme. On the opposite extreme, um, if you are HubSpot, you're 7,000 people, you've got a RevOps department uh, with a, like, yeah, you're probably a little too mature for, for the, it'll be interesting to you, it'll be helpful. But uh, I think somewhere in the middle, if you have, if you're past that startup stage, you know you've got product market fit. You know what you're selling, you know who you're selling it to, you know how they want to buy it. Um, and you're looking to to scale. You want to grow. Um, you've got an inflection point there where I think that just some operational excellence would would serve you really well, right? And and that is the phase of company, uh, whether, whether you uh, are about to start scaling or you've been scaling for a little bit and you're trying to figure out how to accelerate that um, or, or, or you're anywhere in that, that messy phase where you, where you want the, all the charts to arc upward and break that linear growth. Um, that's, that's where I think these, these tools are really going to be helpful for you. As for what's involved, it is free. Um, there are nine, I think I should know this off the top of my head, nine different lessons in there. Um, each one is, is less than an hour long. I would say the whole thing is probably like six ish hours of video content. Um, and then to get certified, to get the actual certificate, uh, it's just like a 
a 50 question multiple choice exam, you have to pass. Um, uh, I would say the biggest piece of value and also the thing that will take the most effort and time is we've put together this 45 page fillable PDF workbook that goes with it. So you, you watch these, these videos, which, as I mentioned, there are interviews from people, out, real operations professionals doing this at real companies. So you have kind of that inspiration. And then there's me and Mary, and we're trying to, to pull it together into a, a framework that you can follow. Um, you're going to have an understanding there, right? And if you pass that exam and the quizzes that are sprinkled through, then that shows you have an understanding. But I mean, to apply that to your company is going to take some work. I don't know. Like I always think of when I, when I was in high school math, and I'd be sitting in class and the teacher would be doing stuff on the board. And I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. And then I'd go home to do my homework and I'd open the book and be like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, I don't understand what you want me to do. Like that's, that's what this workbook is going to help you avoid, right? Like we're going to take all these, these kind of frameworks, these best practices, these things that are happening out in the world. Um, and we're going to ask you questions and give you activities that'll help you. Oh, I need to pull this information and, and I need to uh, apply it uh, over here. Um, and that workbook, that that 45 page workbook, I would say that is the thing you're going to get the most value out because once it's done, once you've done the work to fill it in, now you've got a playbook that you can you can use. Uh, you can identify which strategies are need to be your top priorities. You can figure out how to communicate that to your executives to get buy in, and you can figure out what it looks like to actually implement that. That's awesome! Wow. So we've covered a ton of ground, and I'm really I, I'm really curious to about this certification, and it's one of the things we are championing with yeah i'm curious so is there anything that we like we didn't cover here that uh want to make sure that our audience hears about before we kind of wrap up no i feel good this has been fun good yeah well i think we i think i think we are uh this is a great service uh so i appreciate you coming on and sharing about it and so if folks want to kind of keep up with what you're you know you're doing or what hubspot's doing what's the best way for them to do that um i am addicted to LinkedIn. Um, Kyle Jepson, it's in slash Kyle Anthony Jepson is my full name. No dashes or hyphens or anything. Um, I'm, I'm posting it, it. It's, it's, it's a twofer. You get to know what I'm up to and what HubSpot is up to. I, I, uh, post almost daily videos about product updates and things changing in, in the HubSpot platform. So, um, connect with me there. If you let me know that you, you heard about me here on the Opscast, uh, I'll, I'll happily connect with you and happy to DM about whatever you want to talk about. Awesome. No, and I, I can attest Kyle that puts out a ton of stuff and it's always good. It so. is really good. I get a lot. Thanks. I mean, we're, we use HubSpot for, for MoPros, right? And there's, there's moments where I'm like, really? <laughs> That's a thing now? <laughs> so I'm going for it. So it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Kyle, thank you so much for sharing. I, this has been really, really, I think a fun conversation on my side and just, uh, yeah, I think hopefully our, our audience, I think the, they'll have learned a lot. And it'll be curious to hear if you get more uh, signups. Yeah, that'd be so, I mean, I for yeah. one have a little bit of like FOMO right now. Like I feel like I need to go take it. <laughs> the stuff you described, I was like, man, I wonder if I remember all the basics of accounting. I'm going to have to go check that out. So. <laughs> That's awesome. And as always, Mike, thank you. I know we missed Naomi today, but, uh, and then to our audience, uh, thank you for continuing to support us and listen. As always, we're always looking for additional input and feedback. So give us, give us, uh, you know, ratings and reviews on the different platforms. And if you've got ideas or suggestions, feel free to reach out to, to Mike or Naomi or me uh, through, through the MoPros community or through LinkedIn or wherever it works for you. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.